When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by Lucky Bastard Distillers, Saskatchewan's premier distillery, and by the Pilot Bowens Brewing Company, brewed in the heart of Regina. Welcome! To the Three Down Greencast, you are listening to the internet's only Ask John Anything podcast. Woohoo! I'm Joel Gasson with John Fraser as usual, and this time I came prepared. Um, I now know that this is our seventh edition of Ask John Anything. Oh wow, you actually went back and looked. Yes, I went into the behind the scenes on where we post our, you know, basically where the podcast is hosted. Yes. And I searched Ask and... There were six previous Ask John Anythings according to this, so that's what we are going by, is that this is the seventh. Apparently the first one we ever did, we actually talked about something else that episode as well, which is mind-blowing. <laughs> um, but apparently we did. <laughs> wow, that's 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 kind of that's kind of impressive, considering how yeah. elaborate the Ask John Anythings have gotten. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, just to peel back the curtain a little bit, um, when John and I first started discussing the fact that we were going to do this here podcast... Um, we came in pretty much with a blank slate. Uh, we knew we wanted yes. to talk about the CFL. We knew we wanted to not take ourselves seriously. And that was more or less it. We didn't have any plan bits. We didn't have any segments that we had to do every week sort of thing or anything of that nature. Yeah. No, we, we wanted things to sort of grow organically. And I mean, all six of you, y'all know the bits by now. You know, like yes. Subway and whatnot. There's, there's the lore lives on. There's, there's things that happen that I sometimes even forget about, or even the lore until they happen to come up again. <laughs> Isn't that the best? Yeah, but I think out of everything we've sort of come up with on the fly, I think I am most proud of Ask John Anything, just because, you know, every podcast on the earth, which there are billions of them now, all have some sort of mailbag type episode. And we've always just wanted to do it a little differently because it's easy to sit here and say, hey, you have any questions for us? Because, I mean, that's the way most of them go. But uh, Right. 
because John's a good sport and likes to have fun, and it's an excuse for him to drink while grilling earlier in the day. Um, cool. Yes. Yes, that as well. <laughs> and, and drink heavier than I mm-hmm. normally do while recording too. Let's not forget that. I think we've we've turned this into a bit of something where uh, even though we may not get a barrage of, you know, tens and tens and tens of questions. Uh, that we don't simply don't have time to get to. We get the right amount of questions, probably from about the same number of people every time. That makes it worth it, really. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, outside of maybe being a little hungover at work tomorrow, especially after having not been there the last five days, um, uh, it's there's no negatives. Uh, I am basically halfway through a literal glass of gin. And as you mentioned, <laughs> also peel back the curtain on, on my side, on podcast nights, you know, when you're out in the sun and it's like grilling season, it's just like a beer. You just you crave a beer, right? So if I'm grilling and it's podcast night, I try not to have that beer because I'm like, okay, I'm going to have at least two drinks during the podcast. I don't want to get that sloppy, but because it's Ask John Anything, I had a beer during uh, – I had a beer while grilling. I had another beer at supper. I'm drinking a lot of gin, and I have another beer sitting in front of me. So, uh, oh, I am, I am primed and ready. So uh, we're just going to get right into this, as I think that's sort of the best thing to do with Ask John Anything. Yes. All right. So the first one, first question. um, If Larry the Loser leaves his couch and heads east at a leisurely pace of five kilometers per hour, and Jimbo Bob on sports finally gets out of his mother's basement and heads west to Cheetos to get Cheetos at eight kilometers an hour, taking into consideration the amount of meatballs both men ate the night before, and their lack of courage to call into a local sports show, causing the host's brain to melt down on the air. How will Jake Dalagala do against the Bombers this week? Is that Greg? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, see, that's the best part was in the preamble I said. So what are we going to actually talk about Jake Dalagala starting for the ride? You're like, that's why I said hey, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it, man. Don't, don't worry about it. Oh, God. Oh, that is uh, fantastic. How are we going to fit that in today? Because there is actually a little bit of rider news to talk to. And then uh, oh. Greg said in his question earlier this afternoon, I'm like, there we go. Perfect. There. Boom. Uh, wow. Uh, Jake Dalla will definitely do better than Mason Fine and Trevor Harris. Does that mean the Bombers, the, the Riders are going to win? I mean, if there's one of the two they're going to win, it's going to be Labor Day. Uh, they have the power to... Of the Fraser curse being in the stands, I have been to seven Labor Days, and I have seen more Buck Pierce elbow explosions than I have victories. So uh, I would say that Dalla is going to play better than Harris did in the season opener because Harris was okay. Uh, better than Mason Fine because I just don't think Mason Fine's that good. Uh, and uh, you know what? And I really hope uh, that Jake Dalla powered by a meatball sub and Cheetos, you know, can put up a game, but I feel like a little bit too much grease on the Cheetos because he's not get, going with the Hawkins. Might let it slip, might lead to an interception. Uh, Bombers still win and break yet another Fraser curse, but Jake Dallagala has balls out, has a great game. I see this one being a shootout. So um, I'm going to say three touchdowns, two interceptions, and 300-plus yards. That's some chaos. I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> the only thing I really have, to, I feel about this right now is I'm glad that they just granted it was on the sports cage, but he just came out and said it. There was no, you know, there's no beating around the bush this week. There was no, um, I mean, we don't really know Mason Fine's status at this point, I guess either. But there was, it was expected that he could maybe play this week. 
um, yes. coming in coming into the last game a couple weeks ago. So either A, he's not along as far as they thought he would be, or B, they've just, and frankly, the way he played in that game, when we talked about this last week, Jake Dalagala earned another start, even if Mason Fine was 100% this week. Yes. Um, so whatever the situation is, I'm glad they just came out and said it. There's no nonsense. There's no tomfoolery because at this point we know, especially out of all the defensive coordinators in this league, Richie Hall, who's been doing it for 100 years, is not going to care. <laughs> no, no, certainly. He's going to have a game plan for either guy, and, and Richie Hall's defense is what Richie Hall's defense is. I'm just glad that uh, a three-down nation and CFL News both retweeted it uh, because my ass is blocked by that certain Regina sports program. So that's how we got to find out was through third-party sources. Well, it was so posted keep... on 3 downnationcom sorting them as the source as well, so... Uh, yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> omitting, I did notice, though, omitting a name from the source, so that kind of made me happy. Yeah, he said it on CKRM. That's what, I, that's that's right. what happened. That, that's that's all that needs to be said. Yeah, and I mean, I can see it going one of two ways. I think, A, because they've had a bye week to sort of look at Winnipeg's defense as well this year to see if anything's you know drastically different to what they've seen in the past, or maybe to plan for something maybe different than they've seen in the past. Um, maybe they have him ready. Um, at the same time, Winnipeg now also actually has some game film on Jake Dolagala. So, yes, um, it's hard to say. I, I, th I think he's either going to play really well or it's going to be a spectacular fail. I don't know if he's going to play just fine. I think it's going to go one way or the other, basically. No, I, I, I think I think you're right, but I, I see I see both quarterbacks having a great game just because of the Nick Marshall Demario Houston matchup. Mm -hmm. And I know they're not matching up against each other, but like. Everybody's talking about all the interceptions that Houston has this year. And as a guy that's watched every down of Bomber football this year, I can tell you he's Winnipeg's Nick Marshall. Yeah. Like, he blows a lot of coverages, but also makes some absolute ridiculous plays to redeem himself. So I just see, like, when I say three touchdowns and two interceptions, mm -hmm. I'm going to say that Houston has one of those one of those interceptions and one of the long touchdowns where he just blows his coverage. And Nick Marshall's probably due for the same against Zach Kolaris. Yeah, well, I, well, the thing with Nick Marshall is I think everyone's more or less stopped throwing at him. <laughs> that's why he's yeah. been so quiet. <laughs> yeah, that's that's also it. It's like, you know what? He might blow an assignment, but he's also really good. And I feel like that's starting to happen with Houston uh, to a lesser degree. But, <laughs> no, I think this is going to be uh, – and now this is going to be a defensive slog with Sergio winning the game with six field goals kicked. Um, I, I think there's a chance for some, like – High flying offense, you know. You got you got two teams with good D, but they know each other so well. You've got Zach Kolaris, who can be great but make mistakes. You get a young guy like Jake Dalagala, who's shown he can be great but also make mistakes because he's young. And I think you got. I think it's going to be Bananas Land, and I, I for one, am looking forward to it. Yeah, ho hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it will be, and hopefully uh, you're looking forward to the rest of this episode. Um, before oh, we get yeah, into more questions and queries for one Jonathan Fraser, um, for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, John, what's in the glass this week? Uh, with tradition, with uh, Ask John Anything, double fisting. Uh, one being uh, Lucky Bastard's Gambit Gin. Uh, there's a new liquor store uh, that replaced the SLGA store in Avalon here in the city. Uh, they basically went in and took the guts of the SLGA store and made it a million times better. So went and checked that out. They had uh, Gambit Gin on for a pretty good price. I think it was uh, 26 bucks for a 2-4. So that was nice. And then uh, also uh, the value beer, probably uh, Canada's best value beer, uh, the Black Bridge Brewery uh, Wheat Burst. I can still say that, proving that my glass of gin has not quite kicked in yet. Oh, now, brown cow. 
for me, I've gone back to the light side, uh, the unofficial official beer of the podcast, the Pile of Bones White IPA. I, I, I drank a shitload of those during my football draft on mm-hmm. Sunday. I will not, again, I will not talk about my team, but I will talk about the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, something that might make, I guess, decent draft food. Uh, the question yes. from Jock. <clears throat> First time, long time. What makes a great zesty meatball? I love that Jock works in zesty because that's the term <laughs> I like to use for myself when I get like, like when I get absolutely. So are we hammered. talking like a spicy meatball, a tasty meatball, or like a drunk meatball? I guess that's well, I guess that's the real question here. And so that's why I feel like I can answer all of them. Um, for a zesty meatball, so if you're talking about me, the meatball getting zesty, uh, the combination is bio steel before I do anything. Uh, a shitload of beer, a shitload of clear alcohol, and then BioSteel once I'm done, right? Because then I can still function. I found that uh, the clear alcohol, eating some food, that's the key for a zesty meatball now I'm John Fraser. Now, uh, little, little, I don't know if I, I think I've discussed that uh, I've kind of got some cooking skills, and uh, one of them is definitely Italian food. Uh, so I have found uh, if you want a good meatball, uh, the key is is over spicing your meatball to a degree, you know, you you think you might be putting in a little bit too much flavor, a little bit too much heat, but that's because the meatball ca- counteracts the sauce, right? You want it to stand out a little bit. So uh, for me, go get some good Italian sausages, like some spicy Italian sausage. Combine that one-to-one with your ground beef, uh, oregano, basil, salt, pepper, uh, garlic, real garlic, not garlic powder. Uh, fry those up, throw them in your sauce, let them let them marinate in your sauce it simmers down that is a good actual zesty meatball uh i i will send you the recipe for both the sauce and the meatball if you want jock mm-hmm. just gotta slide into my dms baby <laughs> i'll share my meatballs with you but yeah for for me basically put any fucking booze ahead of me and give me a good time with some good friends and that's how i get zesty mm-hmm. um so we got a couple here i guess back to back that can go back to back that sort of fit together okay uh first from Furlan. if you could be any animal why would it be a pig? <laughs> and then we'll follow that up from Travis. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how good are you at pig noise impressions? <laughs> and these two did not work together on this question, I don't believe. No, he uh, did not, this was not a reply to Ferlin's original tweet. So No, no, I think this was this was Ferlin, this was Travis Vaselli mm-hmm. was the other one. And Travis Vaselli is in my, uh, is a good friend, great guy. Uh, fun fact about Travis, um, he's one of those guys you always wonder why he's single. And then, like, he's, 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 he's a great guy, he's got a good job, you know, he's tall, dark, handsome, attractive, uh, and then once me and Jay Price were golfing with him, and the cart girl comes up to him and she's like, like, straight to him, like, the two of us old married guys are in the other cart, this beautiful, beautiful cart girl comes up to him and goes, wow, I've never golfed before, I'd really like to give it a try sometime. And he just goes, okay. <laughs> and moves on. So that that, that I mean, that in is... fairness, it is normally the single guys who don't pick up on cues as someone who, at times, looks back on his life and is like, "Oh yeah, huh, missed that one." Oh yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, it was a swing and a miss, and we were like sitting there in the other cart drinking a beer, going, "Yes, yes, he's gonna do it." Ah. So uh, there is a offshoot Travis Vaselli story. Uh, and uh, I actually can't make very good pig noises. I've been trying since that question came in, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's because got a little bit of allergies from the smoke or something like that, but like... I thought the, 
I thought like the snottiness would like help though. It has. Yeah, oh, there we go. It's it. Oh. <laughs> God, that I don't. It's it's like I can roll my as we both can from Sergio. Like we've we've some people can't roll your R's, um, but I apparently yeah, can't make pig noises. Uh, yeah. I mean, for and me, it, my ability I... to roll my R's comes from like a long time in school in French. So I mean. Oh yeah, that that yeah. that would do it. Mine just comes from Sergio. But mm. uh, yeah, yeah. So it would definitely be a pig. Uh, you basically just eat all day and exist until they slice your neck open and make you into delicious bacon. But then even dead, you're still making people happy. So Ferlin is very correct. I would be a pig, even though I make terrible pig noises. They might yeah, think something's I... wrong with you because of your terrible pig noises, and then you may not be put down for bacon purposes. Oh, yeah. Maybe they'd make me like a breeding pig. Yeah. But but just but you know what though I've also never listened to me dive into a bowl of Cheetos. <laughs> so like maybe the pig noises come out there. Like I'm actually when I was younger, I had one buddy that we would like to uh, smoke at a ganja together. Uh, I was banned from eating Doritos at his house when I was high. So I could imagine there was probably pig noises during those moments. So uh, maybe I can try to get high and get some Cheetos and see what happens. Maybe this is a Regina or Saskatoon men's spiel experiment this year. I, I, this season, I, I, I suppose, I, not year. I, I would I would say 100%. I said, uh, yeah, let's let's do it. I'll get I'll get real baked and you record me making pig noises. Okay, we'll see. We'll see if we can remember this conversation. But uh, that's certainly that's certainly something that has to be on uh, on the agenda now. I don't feel like it's one that our seven listeners will let us forget. Probably not. Probably not. No. And I think the fact that you can't make pig noises now may be part of canon. So that's that's also fair. Just like my opinion doesn't matter. I'm a meatball. Never get the lettuce. Johnny Menzel is the best quarterback ever. Mm -hmm. There's probably some others, but I I don't remember them at this point. Um, that's fair. Uh, so I guess I don't know if you were leading me into this question or not, but uh, we might as well go into this one now from Cord. Um, I think I know the answer, obviously, based on the way you've answered. And talked throughout this episode, quite frankly. Uh, which do you prefer, Hawkins or Cheetos? Surprisingly, Cheetos. Hmm. The way uh, the way you were putting down Cheetos, I thought you were going to say Hawkins. Oh no, they're they're greasy and terrible. Like I hate mm. it when my kids have Cheetos. <laughs> like they love them, and it's just it's a greasy friggin' mess. So you got cheese everywhere, but yeah. like the taste compared to Hawkins is like night and day. Especially if you can get the Cheetos that are like rip off of Hawkins, the ones that aren't like the poofy oh, ones, the, the ones that are like. Ones, yeah. Yeah, those are the way. That's the way to go. And then the, you've got the variety too. You can get the flaming hot, which like, yeah. you know, I believe at one point Justin Bieber ate too many of those and like perforated his like inside. So like, I feel like that's on brand, um, for for something like that. And and I've had like American flaming hot Cheetos and ho holy crap, I was just thinking about the makes me cough. But no, Cheetos by a mile. Anybody that says it's Hawkins, I don't know if this makes me not Canadian, but you're wrong. Hawkins are trash. They're absolute dog water trash. They 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 don't taste as good. The crunch is fine. You still get the power over, but like they 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 mash into this like paste that ends up in my molars and like uh I just no Hawkins, no. It like it, it is Cheetos all the way, seven days a week. I don't even know how Hawkins is still a thing.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's it's got a cult following. I'm not really into the genre in general. Not really much of like a cheesy puff guy. Oh. I don't know why. Wait, but... wait, wait till Kay gets older, because you because you know what? One of the first snacks she's gonna love is gonna be cheesy puffs. Oh, I don't they're... care if other people eat them. I don't care if they're in the house. I'll probably still end up eating some. They're just not really a thing that I'm like, oh, I I'm going to actively seek out and buy this. The last True. time I, I actually actively seeked out and bought this was because we were crusting something in the uh, flaming hots. So that's oh. we so we did that and that was delicious and so we had some flaming hots left around so I ate them but yeah no and I was the same way like I would never seek them out which is such a weird go to for a tiny angry man to bring up Cheetos because um, I don't feel like any grown ass person seeks them out it's it's like every one of us though with kids because the kids love them mm-hmm. and and it's like you just got on a bed it's 9 30 you cracked a beer you're like i'm feeling kind of snacky and all that's there is the cheetos so you end up getting developing a taste for cheetos and then you start buying the cheetos that you like oh the, the cheetos to uh the crunchy jalapeno cheddar ones just the right amount of burn that it doesn't rip apart your insides mm. uh and found in most vending machines someplace so those 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 are those are great but yeah yeah I, i've tried them i've yeah. tried them both through work and i think the I think I am more of a flaming hot guy. There is like a weird, a weird craveability to them. I find yes. like the flavor of it itself, the texture is still whatever. The way too much powder is still whatever. But the the flavor itself, once you have a few, like the first one, you're like, oh, that's hot. But then yeah. it kind of after you have a few, there's a little bit of I don't know, like almost an acid like taste to it. I don't know. It, yes, it yeah, works. It's, yeah. It's, it's 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 almost like eating like a really good buffalo sauce. Mm-hmm. Right. Like like you just you crave more of that. And I can tell you, unlike our beer, the Canadian ones are weaker than the American Flaming Hots. I forget where I picked up American Flaming Hots before or. Oh, yep My my mother-in-law brought them back back from Vegas. Like, oh, well, yeah. When you're practically right, when, in Mexico, of course, they're going to be spicier. Oh, <laughs> that was like I could I can understand how they destroyed Justin Bieber's insides because yeah. they definitely destroyed mine. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I don't have an iron stomach, so I'm a terrible one to judge off of. But who? No, I mean, I lettuce those. sends you to the toilet, so. <clears throat> <laughs> and I mean, there's the <laughs> poor toilet at the CN Curling Club that probably still to this day has a crack in it. Mm-hmm. Um, From Dave. In John's yes. estimation, how is it that Winnipeg continues to find elite players that seem to defy father time and just get better with age? Hmm. <laughs> well... It's uh, that's exactly (laughs) it. They look great for the like, I'm seeing some cracks this year. Like, I think this might be 
<laughs> um, you're starting to see more pressure on Zach Kolaris. You're starting to see the receivers missing passes that they might not. I mean, Brady Oliveira is a young guy, but the nice thing is there are there is that little bit of a push from some of the young guys like Brady Oliveira, who looks more and more like Andrew Harris every single passing day, it seems. But <coughs> in terms of it, I just think I, I just think it's guys taking better care of themselves than ever, right? And they're not Winnipeg has done a good job of getting their guys to buy into moving to the city. Like they're long-term guys. Like like Willie Jefferson and like Adam Big Hell and like some of the offensive linemen, right? They live in Winnipeg. So you're not adding on to these guys the stress of, you know, they're paying these guys enough that they can spend their off-seasons training and doing yoga and doing whatever it is football players may do that I've never done. And, you know, getting endorsements for Jim's Lumberyard and the liquor store in the corner of, you know, McPhillips and uh, and, and Portage. Well, so I mean, Maybe a little bit of real estate and insurance broking on the side. Oh, of course. Like that, that's what I say. Like, like, who is it? Jason Vegas, like a sales manager at a Dodge dealership there? Yeah. Like, like just instantly retires. Boom, you're a sales manager. And I think he was doing a little of the car sales on the side, right? So I, I think the thing with Winnipeg is they're loyal to this group until it proves them otherwise. Yep. And I don't know if they're defying father time. I, I, I don't. I think what happens in the second half of this year will really define that. But I think Winnipeg's built a culture of guys want to play there, guys want to stay there, and guys want to live in the city. And to me, that's huge. That's one less stress that these guys got to worry about. You're not going home to work as an insurance broker, and maybe you're not hitting the gym as much, and maybe you're not working out as much. And I'm not criticizing anybody. I could not imagine balancing your life and your job in two different countries, but you know the bombers have have done a very good job you know whether it's legal or you know a little bit of the old ah yeah go voice these commercials we'll pay you 20 grand kind of thing right that uh affluent teams do in this league so i guess the proof's in the pudding if they make a fourth straight gray cup then yeah you run it back again but at some point you're going to run it back one too many times with this group and next thing you know you're going to look a little bit more like calgary than you do winnipeg and but hell, I, I I would after years and years and years of suffering, when the end is near, I won't even care anymore because holy crap, this era of bomber football has been nothing like I've seen in my thirty seven years on this earth. Yeah, well, and I, yeah, and I think they do benefit to a degree on other than Toronto and BC. Since they've risen up, no one's really got along for the ride for the most part. Like this right. year, you know, the riders are probably about the same as they were last year, a touch better, but still not really serious threats. Calgary's obviously regressed. Edmonton's nowhere near them. Uh, the other three teams in the East, Montreal's about the same probably as they were last year, maybe a touch better. So I think it's, you know, Winnipeg's maybe fallen back to the pack a little bit, but their gap was so large that it's still, there isn't really a whole lot to overcome with that well, loss well, and that, those it, yeah. cracks just quite yet. Um, so it's like, okay, we're worse, but we're not anywhere near worse as we need to be to be worried yet, well, which sometimes one... can catch you napping. So this, yeah, know. well, and that's it. And I think too, like, I think this season's going to be interesting because Winnipeg is going to be clinching a playoff spot, either at Labor Day or Bangible. Mm -hmm. Like I, barring I cannot... something ridiculous. Yeah. You're right. Like. Like barring a, a you know barring a rider sweep, which let's let's face it, uh, tradition basically says that they're going to split these two games, right? Yeah. Um, tradition and quality of the teams too, I should say. But like, I can't think 
I, I honestly took I honest to God, Joel, in all of our years of watching and covering the CFL, I cannot think of a team clinching a playoff spot on Labor Day. <sighs> no, because I mean, usually the gap between one and four in the West is not as large as no. it is right now. Well, not just one and four in the West, but one and four in the East, right? Like yeah. it's such a it's such a weird thing that you've got Winnipeg at nine and two, Toronto at eight and one, and then a pretty decent BC team though that they've manhandled when they played them at seven and four, right? So I, I and and again, teams closing the gap. I think if Nathan Rourke doesn't go to the NFL, um, maybe BC's that team closing the gap. And uh, this is no disrespect to Vernon Adams. I think he's definitely a quality starting quarterback in the league, but he's not what Nathan Rourke was. So. It's just this is just such a weird year that, you know, maybe Winnipeg clinching early and essentially having a three game lead in the division gives them an opportunity to maybe rest some guys so they are fresh for the playoffs. It's just it's it's a bizarro year, but I I keep saying they they, they run it back until these guys can't anymore. I mm-hmm. and and that seems to be what these guys are doing is you know keep running it back. Don't pull a Bill Belichick. Don't cut these guys with maybe one year left of football in them. They're going to run these guys until Winnipeg's a three and three and uh, fourteen club, and away we go. Mm-hmm. Um. So we don't know if they have any luck on their side, but um, someone may. Uh, from yes. Evan, does John believe in the Cooper Perkins lucky streak? <laughs> now you had to explain uh, this one to me before the show started because I had no idea what this was. Right, Cooper Perkins, uh, <laughs> great play-by-play and color commentator uh, that works in, in, in lacrosse. And uh, Cooper's kind of got a lucky streak where the teams he's calling or the teams he's supporting uh, go on winning streaks, which, uh, contrary to popular belief, until I came back to do Hilltops and Rush this year, I had called basically a championship for every single team I'd stepped in the booth. Like There was not a year of my broadcasting career I did not – call a championship for somebody and this was the first year so i figure that cooper perkins space jam style has taken my lucky streak powers so basically i work with cody cody jansen my bro montana in the rush booth he somehow passes on to cooper perkins and the lucky streak so yes evan i do believe in it good to know good to know so so there's like he's the opposite of you in this not into like the play-by-play lucky sense but the perkins curse is like the opposite of a curse right exactly so if like cooper picks somebody to win they're going to win it's literally or, or says somebody's going to play well they will play well uh not like me and and again i think the fraser curse came out when i criticized zach Calaris uh after throwing his second pick six and then he just goes out and has the best second half ever yeah well i still don't think you're entirely long with that take but anyway I don't. I don't think so either. But Peter Dykowski scares me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's I, I, in Ontario. He can't get you. I that's, think that's 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 fair. But maybe he can. He's Canada's smartest man. He'll find a way. I mean, you don't, you don't have to be Canada's smartest man to outsmart you. So I mean, <laughs> uh, you just have to be smarter than your average <laughs> CFL play-by-play guy. Sorry, below average CFL play-by-play guy. All right, we got a couple smarter more. Than... Sorry, go on. All right, no, I was just going to make another joke to say, okay. you know, far below average CFL play-by-play guy. Uh, a couple more questions here before we uh, call it a week. Okay. Um, number one, uh, do you think we should see more offenses run plays from under center, other than yes. short yardage? Yes, absolutely you should. I, I don't understand, and I'm not an o- OC. I, I, I don't pretend to be one. I don't pretend to play one on TV. But even look at the NFL. The NFL that has largely gone – 
to the air raid, sh- doing things out of, out of the pistol and the shotgun, you still know that they're going to drop back and go directly in the single back, directly under center for a lot of run plays, right? Why on earth, when you're trying to run past the line of scrimmage, would you start five or seven yards back and then make your running back go? I think you could make your run game much more effective. Go under center. Even if the other team knows you're running, who gives a shit? Beat them. Like, you see it all the time in the NFL. How many times are you watching on the NFL Sunday? You'll see teams that play primarily out of the shotgun. It'll be first down. They'll line up under center. They'll hand it to their back. Their back will get six, seven yards. Like, it's just our best is better than your best. So I I would like to see it more, especially – I know the question was outside of third and short, but especially on third and short, like what are you ever doing? If you need a yard, well, I think the, I think the yard- point is on short yardage. We do see it quite often where they go under center, but only right, for but the sneak, really only for the sneak. You never <clears throat> see a handoff there. Anytime they'll line up in the gun, <laughs> or they try to do something fancy. You line up in the gun. And then again, your guys got to run seven yards before getting the line of scrimmage. It's just, it's, it's stupidity. I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm just a like decent Madden player, but I've seen guys much smarter than me, like Farhan Lalji, talk about this a lot, and I 100% agree with Farhan. Go under center more, help your running backs out, and just beat those guys on the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree with anything you said, and it's it's all right, but I think the issue is most of the quarterbacks these days aren't trained to do it. Quite frankly, well, no, uh, they, they, if right. you watch college, they all come out of the gun pretty much. 90, 95% of the time they're in the gun. So it's just it's just where the game has gone down there and it's kind of evolved and maybe they feel they don't have the time or the coaching in the CFL to really work on it with those kinds of, with the quarterbacks to get them under center more running that because I think, you know, out of, you know, from under center, you can do a little more with play action. You can roll out a little differently and better than you can out of the, sh- out of the shotgun. But, um. And and you have the ultimate silent count yeah. when you're under center. And you're also clo- closer to the defensive line for a hard count. Right, right. So you're closer to the defensive line for the hard count. And if you ever want to go silent, like, uh, <laughs> have you played, like, and this is not me sounding arrogant or smug, even though the question sounds like it. Have you have you ever had a chance to play quarterback in any kind of, like, organized fashion? God, no, I, can't like, even, I can fo- barely throw a football. Okay, so <laughs> I have. And I played a lot of flag, especially when I was in Lloyd Minster. And we would often line up. I would line up under center when I wanted to, like, catch somebody napping because your hand is directly under your center's equipment. Mm-hmm. The most sensitive area on a man. So you just give the equipment a little, like, gentle tap with your hand and the ball comes out. Which one? So, like, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, like you have the <laughs> ultimate. You don't even have to bark out plays at the line of scrimmage. You just yeah. you walk up, you call your play in your huddle, you tap your buddy right in the nuts, and he gives you a ball in his hands. In your hands, yeah. you put your ball, his balls in your hands. He puts the ball in your hand. Next thing you know, you got a guy in a, on a vertical, and boom, touchdown for the Lecky and Associates Bombers. <sighs> Phrasing. Um... <laughs> Last one. Yeah. Okay. It's the follow-up that is completely unrelated to the previous question from Jock. Um, Since apparently we always seem to have some kind of pop culture sort of thing that we're on, uh, because I've actually watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, apparently that's become a bit of a thing now. Um, Which Always Sunny characters are you, Joel, and each of your five listeners? I think Jock's selling us a little short on that one, though. All right. I actually wrote this one down. This is like when Jock asked me to... uh... 
make the coach's condiments. Mm. Clearly, I'm Charlie Day. Like, I'm, I'm the most off the wall. I've got the takes. I've got, like, the paranoia. Whenever I've been talking about McLeod Bethel Thompson, I've been felling, like, the, the, the Pepe Silva episode. Look, and he's just on this, and he's going to go ahead and match this. And I feel like that's the energy that I bring. So I do feel like I'm Charlie Day. That makes you the waitress. I love you. In a very different way than Charlie loves the waitress. But I do love you. <laughs> You're always there to quickly shut down my dumbest of plans. Plus, you did not seem to enjoy my singing of Dayman. Moving on to our seven listeners. I am leaving my grandmother out of this one. I'm leaving okay. Grammy out of this one. Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. She probably there's, wouldn't there's... understand anyways. It's okay. No, and there's no fitting my Grammy to an Always Sunny character I tried. Mm. Uh, Greg. <laughs> At least you tried. <laughs> that's, I, I thought about it. I'm like, and the closest I got was Charlie's mom. But the thought of Frank Reynolds banging her all Ugh. the time. Just, yeah, yeah, there we go. Uh, Greg is for sure Dennis. As we've learned through this whole um, disagreement with the sports cage. Greg can be all happy enjoying the outside, but there's a darkness there when he's been wronged, such as when he exposed a burner account. Greg can be, oh boy, a little terrifying. Uh, Jock, you are Mac. I feel like if given an opportunity to come on the pod, you'd either perform a stunning interpretive dance or just do kung fu. You seem down for anything with the crew. Dave, he's Frank Reynolds. Dave's the money of the operation. And although he, unlike Frank, he's not addicted to, in his words, and I quote, cocaine and whores, I don't know the lengths he'd do to get in on an Amigos burrito. Like, I feel like, I feel like there'd be an elaborate scheme as Craig, as, as Frank's always trying to get whores, his words. Um, I feel like Dave would be as game for any elaborate plans to get an Amigos burrito. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Doug, you're a bit of Frank as well, based on both build and love of our wrestling references, but you're also D to a degree, with lots of, you know, career success. But unlike D, you don't let us, you know, get in the way, you just went out and won a bunch of Canvas championships. Uh, and now because I know they are among the seven, I apologize for anybody, or, or maybe I shouldn't apologize, because I feel like once getting past the main crew, you don't want to be compared to anybody. But mm -hmm. uh, there are a couple people that I know listen and hear my words from time to time. Uh, CFL Chef? I mean, sports junkie. And your unnamed blocked his ass CFL play-by-play -play man. You're the McPoyles. You're nearly identical. You have a weirdly close relationship. Nobody really wants to be around you. Minus the people who think just like you and your weird little cult. Plus, you both probably smell like warm milk. And I know certainly at least one of you doesn't trust science. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.